Hi, I'm George Tekmanchov here with the Eastern Target Archery Podcast. We are in Gwangju, Korea at the Archery World Cup, the Hyundai Archery World Cup, to uh, put the proper title on it, because folks at WA tend to get a little bit irritated if I don't put the proper title on it, as I found out when I reversed the words world and archery. But anyway, <laughs> we have had a long 10 days here in Korea, and I'm sorry that we haven't been able to get too many podcasts out in the interim um, if I recall correctly, I left you with a history podcast that tied you over. Thanks for hanging in there and waiting for this. I've got something special for you. It is sort of a, you know, over-the-shoulder view of some of the folks you run into at an event like this. People like Takaharu Furukawa, Brady Ellison, Steve Anderson, people like Mike Schlusser, Peter Elzinga, and others who are well-known to our fans and listeners but also people who've had a huge influence on our sport in the last decade. So I hope you enjoy this little compilation of basically short conversations with some of these folks in hopes that it gives you a feel for what it's like to be at one of these events. And if you ever get the chance to get to one of these Archery World Cups or any other major archery event, remember that these people, while they are at the pinnacle of our sport, are still just like you and me. They love to shoot a bow and arrow, and they love to talk about it. We've, we've got some serious confusion on the field here. Hi, I'm George Tekmanchev here with Steve the... Big Cat. Anderson and Sergio... Pani. From Italy. Yeah. Or is it Mexico? Yes, we are quite similar now. We have a shirt with the Mexico team. So we are just missing a, a symbol in the middle, but the, the flag is still the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I very similar. Confused. I thought... I thought the Mexican team had a guy who looked strikingly like a two-time Vegas winner, but turns out it was the two-time Vegas winner, Sergio Pagni. But not shooting for Mexico. Not shooting for Mexico, no. They've Historically, you guys have had blue in the uniform. Yes, normally the, the, the blue shirts is because we're from, uh, uh, from the soccer team and the, the beginning they give the, the blue. So all the national normally have the blue, 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 but we have someone in Italy that think that... Uh, we're missing the flag, so the new shirts was much more with uh, with the flag colors. Yeah, but it's the trouble is it's somebody else's flag colors too. Yes, exactly. Well, it's, uh, it's quite useful for us, uh, but uh, you know there is Italy written on the yeah. on the back. So and even if now we have the two shirts for the finals, so even if we have uh, some uh, troubles <laughs> for Mexico, for example, we have the blue shirt, so no problem blue. regarding that. So. Yeah, I'll always miss the blue. You guys had those same uniforms for, for years. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we, we changed the, the, the first white shirt with uh, some uh, flag colors was uh, for the first World Cup season in 2006. And then we have, just for the last two years, uh, white and uh, blue, but normally we have white shirts, uh, so it's a little change. Also because the uh, mm, the federal shirts during the, the the Olympics game was the 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 polo the the with this, with the, with this color on the on the and a lot of guys like that, so I say why not? Yeah, yeah, you guys still look good, still look good. And so, you're still two-time Vegas winner, Sergio Pony. Yeah, you can never yeah. take that away. <laughs> yeah, sure. Not to mention, how many how many World Cups have you won over your career? Two, two gold. As a grand finalist, but yes, stages, yes. Many. Uh, stages five. Yeah, five stages to grand final and two bronze in yeah. grand final. And the first man to win two 
Yes, yeah. the first two consecutive, two yeah. in a row. Yeah. yeah. So it's, even if the, the the speaker still say we have to see if he can win two in a row, I won. So <laughs> yeah, you, you, those speakers, you, those announcers, you just can't trust them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I normally prefer you. You know, you bring a lot of luck to me. So it's, <laughs> I like when you say 10, 10, 10 perfect scores. So I like it so much. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I hope to be able to say that again this week for both of you guys. Well, why not? Why not? I'm sure he won't miss it if the opportunity arises. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That's why. <laughs> Perfect. So it's time for me to go off and do the uh, target assignments now, Steve. Yeah, this is when you get to uh, enunciate everyone's name. Isn't that your favorite part? I get to make up however I want to pronounce it. That's right. Huh. Are you going to put some flair on mine? Target 22. I don't remember if I'm A or B, but... Well, yeah, I think I could do something. All right, I'm excited to hear it. Well, here we are, 36 arrows into the ranking this, round. This is, this is probably against a rule. What, talking about it? <laughs> Can't podcast during middle of ranking round. Yeah, well, here we are anyway. You know, it's pretty amazing when you think about the talent we've got. There he goes, Mike Schlusser. He's walking off. The talent we've got in a 15-yard radius, one grenade could end the sport of archery as we know it today. Something lobbed from the demilitarized zone from over the, the North Korean border. Yes, again. This us. whole part of the podcast is going to get edited out. You know that, right? Uh, yeah, it's probably for the best. Raiden Gallatine sitting jobs. over there trying not to laugh at us. We haven't, I don't still, even work still in Houston the, anymore. That's true. We haven't even we talked this about that. We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, yeah I don't work Is this the place to announce it? Sure. I mean, I don't know what to say. I didn't think about that, but... Well, you're working for Greg, though. But, yeah, so I've taken a job at a company called Hoyt Archery. I've heard so, of them. I've yeah. heard of them somewhere. But I'm leaving Easton. I've left Easton. And now um, it seems like you and I will no longer have a podcast salary of zero. There's something tied to this now. For you? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what I really want to do, though, is, you know, in spite of certain things that have taken place in the last six months, Brad and Calentine still our best guest that we've ever had on the podcast, and I want him back on. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that Olympic podcast was, uh, I mean, he had the it was stats. He was, it was Braden metrics. It was crazy. It was. It really was. And here he is, sitting he in Korea. Is. And here we are sitting about, oh, let's see, 6.4 feet away from one of the most significant archers, of both the 20th and the 21st centuries. That guy right there, Braden Galantine. Here's the thing. Braden was already bringing the Braden metrics. We sat down. We're halfway through. He said, okay, as a team, we're, we're like all in on the team round this week. That's what we're here for. And Braden said, as a team, we're three points out of first, two out of second. And then I noticed we were also two points ahead of eighth. It's a pretty tight team run right now. Pretty tight team run, so we're gonna give them hell the next six ends and see how it shakes out. Win one for the Gipper. Meanwhile, your wife is uh, kicking butt out there. Yeah, I saw she was in like fifth, third, something like that. So yeah, yeah, holding her own. Always for Team USA. For Team USA. <laughs> I just saw Peter Elzinga, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. What's up, dude? Fine. The man with the world records, the man with the championships out the wazoo. Peter, what are you doing here? I'm uh, in the coaching staff now, so. That is awesome to see you here. The other side of the line now. <laughs> the other side of the line. What's it like? What's your What's your advice for the uh, for the archers who are here today? 
Well, it's, uh, it's a kind of difficult. Well, it's not a really difficult weather, but the wind is like picking up in some positions. So we, we believe we saw the wind in nine different directions yeah, during correct. during the match. Yeah, yeah, correct. So, well, shoot strong and stay focused. And that's uh, that's the key for now, I think. I think you gave the, the right key earlier after you know, prior to practice in number three, you said don't suck over the intercom. And I laughed and I'm sure these two laughed and everyone else probably didn't have a understanding of exactly what you meant but well that was a directed message because as you'll recall in the earlier part of the podcast you did challenge me to say something message wise and are you complaining that you actually got a message i thought it was funny no complaints here yeah so yeah this rush song it's actually off of the wa playlist yeah you had the playlist going this morning there was some stuff yesterday where chris webster thought maybe maybe my ipod was hooked up I guess they've quit making iPods, or they're they're going to quit making iPods. Yeah, they, they actually have quit. In fact, they've all sold out of the last of the iPod touches, which is tragic. I have one of the second gen with the the wheel. The click wheel. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I need to find that, see if it works, and uh, probably put it on eBay. There's actually a business in restoring those things and updating them with uh, newer batteries and stuff. Because it's kind of a, a, you know, like a resto mod car. It's kind of cool to have the chassis and the interface, and people like it. Yeah, and that old, I'm sure that battery is just... Toast. Yeah, but anyhow, the music's been pretty good. Overall, impression of this World Cup in Korea, it's probably, probably the best one I've been to. I don't know that... I'm trying to think of all of them that I've been to. Turkey is always very consistent. Yeah. Shanghai? Shanghai was always pretty good. I liked yeah. Shanghai. I'm trying to think what I didn't like. You ever been to Croatia? Not for World uh, not for World Cup, for Those World guys, Field Championships. Yeah, Croatia is great for archery in general, but they did a banger of a job for most of the World Cups I've been to there. And, you know, the World Fields that they put on have been great. Croatia's a great country for archery, in my opinion. It is. We've talked many times about the benefits of Croatia, mostly pizza-related. Yeah, yeah, and and the wine's not bad either. Yeah, this one we went to, or this is, I say this is the best one I think I've been to in terms of what I'm seeing for total organization. You know, there could be some stuff could be better, but they've got everything. They've got a bow storage here. We didn't have to pack up our bows and take them to the hotel. It's a little bit of a pull from the the hotel. I think yesterday in traffic we were like 40 minutes, so that kind of stunk. But otherwise. Not bad. I'm no. enjoying myself. Music's been good. And you know, for a big city, I'm surprised by how much greenery there is. Did you notice, like, on the way to the to the venue and back, how many, like, farmlands there are in the middle of the city? It's really kind of interesting. I, I did notice. I posted on my Instagram that I pay attention to the farming everywhere I go, being a farm boy from Idaho. So uh, my dad said... I took some shots of fields, sent them over to him. He said, there's a greenhouse by every field, so they're hand-transplanting started plants into the ground. I thought, that is insane. Labor-intensive. Yeah, very labor-intensive, but you've got 53 million people here in a country the size of Indiana. You've got to feed a lot of people. So everywhere you see, like, you see, you were just driving here and you'll see a piece of dirt and someone's tilled it and they're they're growing something they don't play around they've got to do that yeah right over here on the left side of the field it looks like somebody's got some terracing going on and 
I mean, you know, it's past the boundaries of the field, and you look up the hill, and there's some uh, there's some action going on up there. Yeah. And then there's this thing. I guess this is the traditional. That's what I was told. If I understood correctly, we are looking at um, north of the field here, folks. If you just look up the hill, there are these sort of berms and uh, pillars. And it appears that these are the target points for Korean traditional archery. At least, that's I asked about it, and... and I was told that that is the case. So that that's a fair, I mean, that would be a fair haul with a rifle. It's 196 meters to the top one, 171 to the middle, and 156 to the close one from where I measured yesterday. Yeah, they don't mess around. Oh. Look who just walked up here, a man who knows his long distance shooting. <laughs> it's, it's Chris Webster, ladies and gentlemen. He's Chris, let me tell you, that beard is epic right now. You've got the beard to the most epic point I've ever seen it. I want to thank you for all your support, um, dedication to the craft, and, and for coming out and keeping the scene alive, buddy. <laughs> Moses has come from the mountain with his wisdom. Yeah, I'm not sure Chris wanted to be on the podcast today. You see, <laughs> he knows we aren't talking about anything specific yet, so he's like, uh, I'll just uh, I'll just hang out. Do we ever talk about anything really specific? No. I mean, what could we... I guess we could talk about yesterday, like... Yeah, how about that wind? I mean, you know, one thing, there's a big bunch of trees, folks, up on a hill, which is to the north of the targets, okay? So it's past the targets. And I saw about seven different directions at once at some points. If you ever, if you follow a lot of archers that compete in this style of archery, they'll all say, tricky wind. They'll all say that. And yesterday they would have all posted, it was a tricky wind today. And it really was. Yeah, Sergio Pagni, really but that's literally what Sergio Pagni said. Tricky yeah. wind. Yeah, it really was because there were multiple times we didn't know what direction it was going. But there's there's always a handful of guys that make no issue of it and shoot really well. So, But with that said, I think that, uh, you know, it, it a lot depends on your, on your mental fortitude in a situation like that. Having the faith to put it in the middle and rip it, you know, I think sometimes that does pay off. Well, when you don't know which direction it's going, you, you cushion yourself best by aiming middle. So that's rarely is the ability to aim middle and execute a shot a, a bad thing in archery. You know, occasionally with a nice crosswind, you, you go, oh, shoot, maybe I shouldn't have aimed it perfectly in the middle. But usually it's the place to be. Holy smokes, here we are sitting under a canopy in the middle of Korea with Brady Ellison. <laughs> You know, Brady, we had a little chat on the walking over here, and, you know, I thought it was kind of funny, and I thought maybe we'd talk about it a little bit. First off, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. My personal feelings about you, who I've known since you were a junior, literally, being the elder statesman of the American team and still being the longest-running, high-performance archer on this field, matched only maybe by Ojin Hyuk and Takahara Furukawa. Was there something in the water in those years? What happened? <laughs> you know, I think it's just, you know, I think you you get people that are, are willing to work really hard and, and have a desire and a, and a will to continue doing what they love. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think all of us, we, we love to shoot and we love to compete. And, uh, you know, we won't put a bow down until until there's enough guys that are beating us and then we're not on the team anymore and then you figure out something else. But that hasn't happened. <laughs> well, not yet, but you know, on any given day anyone can be beaten, but over the long term, you know, there, there's, 
you know, we're going to be in the top until one day eventually we're not going to be. Okay, fair enough. I mean, that's inevitable for any athlete at any level. But the point is that your run has been and continues to be on an upward trajectory for 15 years going now. What, I'm not going to ask the stupid what is the secret question, but what the heck is the secret? You know, um, I think it's for me, it's honestly... Um, the whole entire time has been motivated uh, by making money. I mean, I love to compete. I love I love to shoot my bow and everything. But uh, you know, I know this is something that I may not be able to make a bunch of money when I'm 50, 60, 70 years old. Shooting a bow. Yeah, shooting shooting a bow full time. You know, making my money shooting the bow, winning the tournaments. You know, it maybe. Not even until you're 45, you, you know, realistically. And so I think one of the biggest motivations is, is make, make as much money as I can, get everything paid off, get as much as I can in the bank, as much as I can into retirement. So when that day happens that I'm not winning 70 or 80% of the shoots that I attend, you know, I have an income. And, you know, trying to, like, even now, you know, having a kid and stuff like that it's like all right like let's already try to get college situated as soon as we can if that's which direction he wants to go or just a chunk of money for him so if trade school wants to buy a house whatever there's something there that we could help with um you know so i think it's honestly my biggest motivator has been making money yeah and you know what that's a refreshing answer because sometimes people will say other stuff and at the bottom line is you're treating this like a business. And maybe that's one reason why, because you're taking it seriously, you're doing the work. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I can't expect to come out here and compete with the best of the world because, especially in the set system, like the set system has truly changed the game to where, uh, I feel like the game's changed in a couple of ways. Only shooting 72 arrows, I don't think people train as much anymore. And not shooting 90 meters. Yes. Uh, and then, and then the set system has made it to where, you know, people don't really care about being consistent as much as they care about shooting three tens at a time. And so the set system has kind of become like a professional gambling. And, you know, there's better gamblers out there, me, oh, you know, the Koreans and some of, the, some of these other guys that are kind of always in the top. Like, we're just better at gambling than the rest of the people. Um, so the only way to stay ahead on this kind of thing is to work hard, to practice, to, to do everything you can to give your best chance that in these set systems you can do what you have to do. and When you have to do it. When you have to do it. Because it is that on-demand performance that, that sets it apart from a lot of stuff. Yeah, and, and really too, like anyone can come together for nine arrows because sometimes that's all it takes in the set Happens system. all the time. Yeah, and someone gets hot for nine arrows and all of a sudden you're behind in a match and you're trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, so it's just been really trying to figure out, you know, literally work until your fingers bleed, work as hard as you can, you know, work through injuries. It just, you never quit. And you don't have time to quit. And it's still, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, is money. But, you know, I still want to, when I walk away from the sport, to have there be no doubt that I'm the best it's ever been. And there's still quite a few things that need to happen before that happens. You got more items on the checklist. Yeah, exactly. Rod Menzer, you know one of the crazy things about our sport? (laughs) Yeah, we shoot it. (laughs) 
one of the crazy things about our sport is we've been friends for 30 years, yes. but we only see each other when we're 6,000 miles away from home. Yeah, that is true today, isn't it? It's sad. <laughs> Here we are in Guangzhou on the field of play at the Hyundai Archery World Cup. We've got a full U.S. team, uh, yeah. mostly. Mostly, And yep. <laughs> a little paperwork issue there once yep. or... But uh, you know what? This has been a long, strange trip the last couple of years. And, you know, we've had you on the podcast before. We've talked yeah. about just what it's been like to try to get things back up and running again. Um, Headcount has done well at USA Archery from the standpoint of membership. Yes. Uh, the numbers are still looking healthy. Some federations can't say that. Yep. Um, you've got everything from the standpoint of a full coaching package here. You've got full mm -hmm. support for the athletes mm -hmm. here. What kept USA Archery going during the pandemic? You know, really it was a lot of hard work by staff. I mean, they, they you know, we were redoing, we'd do something and two weeks later we had to redo it and redo it again. And we really were looking of trying to find ways to engage our membership and to do things. And, and I think everybody was just hungry to get outside and do stuff. And, um, you know, we, we did see it originally, you know, decline like everybody did during the pandemic, um, but we have rebounded. Yeah, we're at record levels in membership right now. Um, our events, uh, we're looking at a record by a bunch at Gator Cup right now, 700 right. participants. We were- You had a crazy waiting list for Arizona yep, Cup, right? Seven, 700 in Arizona, basically, just shy of that, um, which was 150 or so more than their previous record. I mean, so people want to compete. And, you know, we're, I hope that the reasons we're seeing the membership, we're seeing the attendance at events is because uh, we're doing a better job of listening to membership and, yeah. and trying to do everything we can, you know, to, um, really just get the experience there for them. You know, as we speak right now, it's Friday afternoon. Um, yep. We are uh, exactly 29 minutes from the start of the recurve elimination matches. Mm -hmm. Our recurve men and our recurve women have come out and brought what they could. Our men are yep. doing particularly well, it seems to yep. me. Yep. I think that we have had um, a trial by fire, you know, in a number of ways, not for this event, but for, you know, what's been going on the last couple of years. Yep. Some really good, talented shooters seem to be um, starting to cement their ability here. Casey, not the least of them. Yeah, you know, Casey, it, be honest, from the World Championships on, Casey's uh, a different girl, right? I mean, she's she's 18. She's a little bit more independent, I think, and, and you can really see a difference in her. But she's really finding herself um, with incredible confidence, but shooting really, really well and having fun doing it. I mean, that, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, when, you know, again, her and Brady are going to be shooting for the gold in the mixed team, but the fun, they were laughing, joking. Brady's always good at that, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he was talking about all kinds of things. Yeah, I guess. He's just the best. Yeah, he, he is. And, and, but it translates all the way across, you know, but Casey shot great in qualifying. Um, you know, she's, she's a force and she's not at her peak yet. She's, she's got a ways to go yet. And that's scary, I think, for any of her competitors. When I was looking at the qualifying round, I couldn't help but look at just how close she was shooting to Ansan. Absolutely. I don't mean it physically on the field, but I mean score-wise. Score-wise, absolutely. Right there. Yep. And yep. you look at that and you go, you know that she's gunning for her again, right? Correct. She, she basically had one bad end in qualifying. Um, and she was like, yeah, okay, happens. You know, like, and, and again, that attitude, she's not letting it go a good end or a bad end she's even keel through it you know and so she's just continuing to grow and i i see great things you know uh, for her in the future and you know our entire team is young i mean we are super young um and there's talent waiting and we also have some of our talent especially on the ladies side they're at the university out in normandy uh, right now so they're not here and 
you know, others because of COVID and the protocols and vaccines and stuff aren't necessarily here. But right. it really, a lot of uh, it's a young team, and I, but I, I, I think, I think we'll see good things here in the Elims. I really do. When you come to this facility that we're at, and by the oh, way, folks, this facility great. was built for the 2015 Universiad. Um, you can tell Korea pulled out the stops. This is a great center. You know what? It's not just the center. This city, um, the hotel, the it's, food. It's kind of like Yankton from the standpoint of archery support, but with a lot more infrastructure. Yeah. I mean, the volunteers, they must have 200 volunteers here. Yeah. You know, um, so everything is done. There's a done banner on every lamppost about the tournament. In the, the city, yeah. right? It, it, I mean, they have embraced the archers. Um, they're taking great care of the archers. Um, again, this facility is phenomenal. Um, you know, I I don't know what else to say. And my understanding is there's five of them like this in the country. It's like, oh, my gosh. But it's a beautiful facility. Uh, it's a little tricky with the wind because of the, the hill on the one side. But... It's very tricky. With You're being yep. nice. It's yeah. super tricky with the wind. I mean, it has been insane. Yeah. And the ladies have had it harder than the guys. Um, yeah, because of where they are. away from the hill. What's yeah. happening is there's a hill on our, right, on our left side, folks. And that hill is full of trees. And those trees force the wind up and over. And then it comes crashing down in the middle of the field. You would not believe the impact that it has had on some yep. of the shooters. Yeah, you know, they won't feel it where they're at. They won't necessarily even see it at the target, but right in between, there's something going on, a left or a right or whatever. But but it, yeah. you've seen the scores, and, and they're there. It's real. But at the same time, um, scores are good. Yeah. I mean, considering, yeah. right? And, and, and how and early consistent. we are in the season, too. Absolutely. So, you know, I think, I think it's going to be fun to watch uh, this afternoon. I think there's going to be a lot of high scores. And, um, you know, it, for an archery geek like the two of us, geeks, yep. um, this is awesome. Oh, can you imagine a better place for us as <laughs> no. wearing our geek hats? No, no, no I mean, not, not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 16 feet away from Ojin freaking heck, right? right? I mean, come on. <laughs> this is awesome. So, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, um, this is as much of the spiritual home of our sport as anywhere you're going to find. And Absolutely. it's really cool to be here. Yeah, they support it like no other country, obviously, and um, it's it's very big here, and rightfully so. Um, they got some wonderful corporate sponsors, and and you know that is phenomenal for them. Uh, but they just dedicate themselves to it. They do. And, they work hard. Oh, they really do. They honestly work hard. And so, I mean, to me, this is exciting. It's it's great to be here and to see what's going on. You know, World Championships, right? Other World Cups. You know, this is a lot of lot of you know where we're going to be and what we're going to be doing. So yeah, um, and the momentum starts here in Guangzhou when we're talking about getting ready for the Paris Olympic Games because of the compressed preparation time frame. Yeah. I think a lot of countries are looking at okay, what are we doing right? What are we not doing right? You know, right. I'm impressed with some stuff like Germany. The Germany's yes. impressing me. Yes. I'm impressed with some of the stuff. Chinese Taipei. Chinese Taipei. India. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. India. I thought they were taking a wild gamble by. <laughs> sort of sidelining some of their veterans no it's paying off no. for them, isn't it yeah it really is i mean and, they're shooting great yeah and there's a lot i mean there's a lot more to that yeah. i mean you just have to look i mean france is stepping up <laughs> yeah france is mexico is you yeah, know mexico, i mean every, sure. australia right yeah. i mean everybody yeah it's really nice to see the aussies back after the really yeah. long time that we've not seen them and yeah, you when know, they were in prison. And, and doing, yeah, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. yeah, so to speak, exactly. <laughs> that was not a knock on the no. origins of Australia. We were <laughs> no. just talking about the lockdown situation. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I might have to edit that out because <laughs> yeah. i got too many listeners in Australia. They're going to kill us. Should, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's a perfect. Actually, they may not. No, they might actually, they might, they might appreciate it. Who knows? I'm not, a, I'm not aiming to find out. Yeah, yeah, right. All right. 
So yeah, from here, uh, obviously the focus of USA Archery will turn to the domestic events like the Gator Cup and then yes. you got the Paris World Cup, you got yes. the World Cup in Medellin, and of yeah. course, you know, other events going on this season. I, I think one interesting aspect, this thing has become more of a significant factor for Korea than it might have been because Asian Games has been postponed until 2023. No question. Um, to be honest, they haven't been on the world circuit, right? Right. And right. so I think they're showing a little bit of their rust here exactly. of competing on the, on the world stage. And I yeah, think, I didn't you know, expect to see like the mixed team situation that yeah, we're seeing. Yeah. Right. I did not expect that. No, no. And, and you know, frankly, working the event as the announcer, I was kind of hoping we'd see a few more Koreans in the finals because yeah. we're going to have a Korean crowd here. It's going to be full. And there's no, there's no more thousands. enthusiastic yeah. crowd than a Korean crowd. I agree. So I'm sure they'll still be enthusiastic. They're yep. great hosts, but it's hey, gonna... I'm passing out uh, pins um, to the crowd, to the kids in particular, because if they're not cheering for Korea, I want them cheering for the United States. There so you go. I'm up there bribing them um, and making sure that uh, we get some fans. That's an excellent plan. <laughs> A few minutes later, I ran into my old buddy Takaharu Furukawa from Team Japan. Sometimes I tell people the story of the time that you and I were sitting on a balcony in a building in Kakigawa. And this was before the London Olympic Games. This was a year before. Yes, I remember. And we were having, honestly, we were having a beer. Well, yes. two beers. I had my beer and you had your beer. Maybe I had more than one beer. <laughs> and I said to you at that time, do you remember what I said? I remember what I said. I said to you, I know you are going to be in the final in London. I don't know if you're going to win the silver or the gold, but I know you will be in the final. Do you remember? Uh, yes. Was I right? Yes. And as a result, your life changed a year later, literally one year later, on that day when in London you stood on that podium next to Oh Jin Hyuk, having won the Olympic silver medal. And after that, your trajectory only continued to be higher and higher all the time. You work in archery now as a coach at the same time you continue to develop your own form and your shooting style has continued to evolve getting you to the level where you after all of the extra year was able to bring your game to tokyo for the olympic bronze medal ah yes i i prepared prepared so much it was a big part of your life to prepare for Tokyo, what was it like for you personally when you learned it was going to be one more year on top of it? Um, I'm not disappointed because um, I believe one year later it will, it will be held and, and I could, I, I can, I can shoot more higher higher score yeah so i mean in a way it's possible that that extra year puts you on the podium in tokyo it's possible yes other things in your life have changed as well you're married i, I was privileged to be at your wedding you and your wife have a baby uh not so much of a baby now more of a toddler you know running around i suppose oh uh, yes it, it's just a baby one one years old yeah well they they get pretty busy though Yes. So has that changed things for you uh, as well? Has it changed your focus a little bit? After Olympics? Yeah. Um, after Tokyo Olympics, I was really busy in, in just 
two weeks for appearance, appearing to television and、um, newspapers, things like that, news conferences, JOC stuff. You did a lot of stuff on TV, I saw. Yes. But、uh, I, ha- I have to prepare for world championships in September and national championships in October. Yeah, so Yankton was only a few weeks after your Olympic medal.、Um, and as you mentioned, you had your national championship in October to prepare for. When, during the trials process to select the Asian Games team in Japan and the trials process to select the team coming here to Kwangju, Korea, You were always very high level in the trials. Sometimes number two, sometimes number one, sometimes number three, but always consistently in there. What did it take for you to get the focus you needed to be able to be at that level?、Um, I used to. I, I can be only number one, but the,、um, the selection is. Has been changed.、Mm. Uh, it, the process is different.、Uh, yes,、uh, the process is shorter. shorter. It,、um, it's just only 72 hours. So I could be ranked number one and I could be na- like ranked number two, three, four. So With only 72 arrows, the element of chance is much higher. Yes. And it doesn't always show the best consistent shooter over time. Yes, exactly. So it's a little bit risky, maybe, to have only 72 arrows to select a team. Yes, and it's really harder for any athlete. On the other hand, you come to an event like this one, and everybody is in the same situation. They shoot 72 arrows.、Um, Here in Guangzhou, what do you think of the conditions? It was a little challenging wind on the first couple of days in the week. Yes.、Um, to begin with, I, I am really happy in sh- I, I shoot in Korea because Korea is a really strong country and、uh, so many athletes. High level. Yes, high level. And high level archers shoot in here in Korea. Yeah, and in, in fact, right here in this venue、yes. that we are shooting at. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a little bit like inspirational for people who love archery to come here to the home of such great shooters. Yes. I, I sense always that you have a lot of respect for the shooters here in Korea. Yes. And I think it's mutual. I know that they also respect. You guys, and、uh, of course, you work with a Korean coach at Kindai University, and、um, Korean coaches are becoming more involved in archery in Japan. You feel like that has elevated the level? Oh, yes.、Uh, the score is getting higher. My coach said, Your next goal is gold, gold medal. So you have to be changed. So, you are changing some things in your form to prepare for Paris? Yes. And without going into the details of the secret changes of Takaharu Furukawa,、uh, does some of it involve physical and mental, or just one or the other? Both. Both are needing to be changed a little bit for、uh, you to, to accommodate what your coach has goals for.、Uh, not both.
both everything everything i have to change so i mean one of the things i noticed right away is you dropped maybe 10 15 kilo of body weight body weight about 10 kilo about 10 kilo and is that part of the change oh no i i ate just healthy okay so you're eating more healthy yes and that's it yes that's it well, that's really a good system. Yeah. What's next for you? It, with the Asian Games being delayed, what is your plan? Do you reset your plan to be ready for Asian Games and Olympic selection? Um, I'm not... I don't focus the competition. Um, I... My plan is improve my form and uh, improve my mind or for highest highest score mike slicer yet another compound gold medal at an archery world cup i've lost track is it it's more than seven i know that i believe this is my eighth one yeah yeah so you know looking at this here in guangzhou 2022 looking at your performance last month in turkey Clearly, you're on a trajectory to be where you want to be at this time in your career, at this time in your shooting. If anything has changed, what do you think it might be in terms of this year? Um, I've been really working my ass off. Like, I've been shooting more than I've ever done. I've been, like, working mentally on it. Like, I've been just, instead of, like, giving 100%, I've been giving, like, 200% every day. Yeah, and I think that it shows. I mean, there's a number of things that are very clear. Your confidence level... Mm-hmm all the way through the end of the match has been so consistent for the last 18, 24 months or more. And I think that might be one of the things you might have worked on at one time. Yeah, for sure. Like I had like a year and a half that I couldn't finish, like, or even on the finals field, like I couldn't even control my nerves at all. And like I was shooting crazy good and maybe even better then than now, but just mentally I wasn't there. And I worked really hard on it. And I just tried some things like when I was on the stage and I found something that worked for me. and. It's just been like focusing on that and keep going with that and just been like getting my confidence there. Yeah, and clearly it's paid off. What What's your secret if there's a, if there's a secret? I know you said working your ass yeah. off and that's important, <laughs> but is there any particular mental program you've been following? I've been just trying to shoot my training's arrows similar to my competition arrows because you see sometimes that when you come up to like a stage or to like a... a, a like a competition that matters, that you, your shot process changes, stuff like that. So I instead of changing my shot process, um, at the competitions, I change my training arrows to bars the same, shooting them the same as I, at a competition would have. Right, and that's really key. I mean, that's the. I mean, it's easy to say that. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily easy for people to do it. And obviously, it's something that can also come with experience. I think I like a lot of uh, what I'm at at the moment is just experience. I've been doing this now since professionally since probably 2011, right. 2012. So it's like ten, yeah. more than ten years yeah. probably now. Yeah, it is. And you've been at that level for most of that time. It's really great to see that you continue at that level. Thank you. Next stop is going to be Paris. Yeah, like I will be going next week to the Gator Cup. I'm going to like have some fun there. Like I like those competitions. They're nice and short and like see uh, some Americans, friends. And uh... and you got a lot of them. So <laughs> it'll be great to see at Gator yeah. Cup. And then Paris after that, yep. Medellin. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to the World Games as well. I got the slot for the for our team. Birmingham, Alabama. Correct, yeah. Yeah, and are you thinking about world field at all? Yeah, like I, I haven't been practicing at all yet, but like uh, I definitely I signed up and uh, shot my scores and uh, I qualified for it, so I will be there. Pro tip, it's kind of flat, so if you get your range down, you should be able to deal, 
deal with it. Just survive the first day, I feel like. They feel this like, uh, just survive the first day, and from there on, it's all known. So that's it's kind of in my wheelhouse. That's exactly right. Mike Schlusser, again, congratulations. Fantastic job here in Korea at the Hyundai Archery World Cup, Guangzhou 2022. What do you think of, uh, of this event here? It was well organized from like the beginning to everything like you cannot imagine that this is the first woke up in how many years now 14 i believe yeah i think 14 or 15 15 actually yeah. for a world cup and it's been um gosh i think 2009 was when mm. they had a world championship yeah like it's it you kind of notice this like it's like you're doing it every week and like everything is well arranged like the hospitality is great like everything is just spot on yeah i honestly feel like this is a really good spot for a world cup it is. I, I hope that we come back here because it's been it's been beautiful. Like the venue and the venue at there, everything is just spot on. Tom Dillon, what a week here. I know you haven't been here all week because you've been busy with some other things, but what a week we've had here in Guangzhou. Absolutely. We had a fantastic uh, World Cup stage. Uh, well, as expected from Korea, of course, but still, uh, they only were told about this event uh, late last year. Oh, because, really? Uh, we're supposed to be this week in Shanghai, but right. I think everyone's aware of the situation in Shanghai. Right. So, uh, so they Korea, stepped up. They stepped up and filled in the place, and in a very short time and in a very good way. Yeah, quite remarkable, really, when you think about the scope and logistics. And all I've heard all week from everybody is, hey, this is great. They did a great job organizing. I agree personally. You know, I've been to a lot of World Cups, and to me, this is right up there with any of them. Oh, absolutely, and I think uh, I would say that probably the only thing some of the artists were not so happy about was the wind. But okay, uh, well, let's face it, that's part of the sport as well. I can't remember a World Cup where there was never any wind. I can't remember any. Now, maybe Dubai, but even there, uh, there was no, some. There's always going to be some wind. But... Hey, you know what? It's part of our sport. Yeah. It's why we make really skinny arrows that help people <laughs> deal with it. Unfortunately, people are the ones getting pushed around by the wind today from what I could see. Well, yeah, there was there were definitely some some sevens and eights that that were definitely wind uh, related. Uh, but at the same time, you see Kim Woo Jin shooting thirty yep. uh, when it's necessary, and yep. he had the same wind. And you know, arguably, the uh, the situation was such that uh, we really did get to see what Korea is capable of, even after the long time off from the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And okay, and I would say we had a mix of generation in the Korean team. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and, and both the young generation and the older generation as well. And Kim Woo Jin coming in and taking it, you know, was very much a case of the older generation with their experience and perhaps wisdom being able to overcome the situation, including the pressure of a big group of fans locally, as well as a whole bunch of archers from around the world. Absolutely. Korean crowds are wonderful. Absolutely. It was a good crowd uh, the whole day today. Yesterday as well, uh, well, it was less Koreans, so it was a little bit less crowd, but still, we had good crowds yesterday yeah. as well. Clearly, the Korean fans are recurve fans, too, to be fair. We're, we're, we're working on that. Yes. <laughs> At the same time, it is a, a uh, very good bellwether of the fact that this town, where we are right now, and I say town, it's a city of one and a half million people, is going to be the home of the World Archery Championship in 2025. And it sure looks like that was a good choice. Absolutely, uh, we are very happy with that, and I wouldn't be surprised if we were back before 25 with another event. But another we'll World Cup, maybe, possibly. Well, again, it depends a lot on what is happening in other countries around the world, so we'll see what happens, but uh, there is a likelihood that we might be back. And it's very clear that the Korean Federation has stepped up with this event, and it's clear that they're capable of stepping up for other events as well. 
So Tom, I, I, I hope you have a nice safe trip home. I know that you've been traveling quite a lot. You just got back from Iraq, of all places. Yes, and I must say that was a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, they run a world tracking event to a very good level. That was the first time they were organizing that level of events and it did a, a quite good job. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised either that we will go back to that country. So I also was in in Madrid uh, just before coming here because Madrid uh, hosts the General Assembly of the World Games which are uh, I would say one of the big events coming up and thinking especially people like uh, Mike Schlosser, Sara Lopez uh, or, uh, or Braden Galantine. Yeah, highlighted this season, you know, July of this year, Birmingham, Alabama, the home of the World Games, the sort of the Olympics for the non-Olympic sports. Absolutely, and uh, I'm, I'm looking for a great competition there, and if you haven't got your tickets yet, buy them quickly because they might run out. For me personally, it was a great week. I got to see a lot of old friends, some of whom I hadn't seen in two full years since the start of the pandemic. In fact, Korea was the last place I'd traveled to before all of the shenanigans started. And so being able to see those old friends, being able to call their arrows, being able to be part of World Archery's World Cup once again, that was certainly a highlight for me. None less than this particular moment when I was able to call the final arrow for Kim Woo-jin. We'll catch you on the next podcast. And don't worry, even though Steve's not working at Easton anymore, he will be back.